If you don't know what Team Builder is, you're probably living under a rock right now. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to athletics programs around the country. Whether you write your own programs or want a resource for new training programs, Team Builder can make your weight room more efficient, more accountable, and smarter when it comes to measuring your athlete's effort in the weight room. Go and visit their website and start a 14-day free trial at teambuilder.com. That's teambuilder.com. Use the promo code SPREAD, S-P-R-E-A-D, when you start and sign up, and you'll get a 10-week free SPREAD offense tempo training program. Beautiful. Starting off, guys, I got to correct something that I said in a prior episode. And I think, Garrett, you were actually part of this episode where I was talking, we were talking about training, what we're doing currently, right? And uh, I think I said that I was doing um, Mladen Jovanovic's uh, agile periodization, and that was not at all what I was doing. I started reading into it more after I said that, and I was like, oh, shit, I fucked up. So... (laughs) That is not what I'm doing, but I just wanted to correct that so I don't hopefully get a bunch of emails from people saying that I'm a moron. Um, that's if, not yet, and that's if anybody even listens to this. <laughs> but um, I'm glad you corrected that, though. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I thought it was a, a needed thing, you know? But, uh, so, Will, I think you're going to luck out a little bit on this because Garrett's been on... Theoretically, three episodes, two episodes. This will be his third one, but the first one went to hell, so we had to delete it. No, it, surprisingly, it was not because of you, Garrett. But it wasn't me. That is very true. Usually, though, Will, I do some kind of like uh, intro for all of the guests, and um, I try not to do it to where it's like normal stuff, like, oh, hey, just say your name and where you work, because that's boring. Um, but since Frank was not able to be on the talk today, you're literally the only new guest. So I'm going to give it the nice general basic intro. Go ahead, give us your name, where you're working, what you're doing, and then maybe phone number if uh, anybody wants to hit you up for a late night date. I was a graduate assistant for the University of the Cumberlands. It was, it's a small NAIA school in, the, in Williamsburg, Kentucky. I was a graduate assistant for the men's soccer team. Um, it's located about an hour and a half south of Lexington, about an hour north of Knoxville, um, just right on the, the, the border. Um, and actually now I am a volunteer assistant at Missouri State University, still with the men's soccer team. Uh, I work at the Cumberlands, and here I work prim- primarily with the goalkeepers. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I don't think anybody's going to want to take me on a date, Side you, Lance. Uh, I would still gladly uh, take you on a date the next time I see you, but uh, it's it's kind of been a while. So, yeah. When was the last time we even like physically saw each other and talked? Like 2015. Long time. Ooh. For those of you who don't know, Will actually used to be one of the soccer players that I had the opportunity to work with while I was at IU. He ended up transferring to Wright State, right? Yeah, that's right. Wright State, wrong school, man. 
Uh, Garrett, if you want to introduce yourself, you can, but if not, the listeners are going to know who you are by now because you're going to be on that one episode. And then I constantly mention about how you weren't the one that fucked up in the other one. So if you want to just remind people you can, if not, we're just going to jump down into the meat and potatoes, man. Let's do it. I'm all about it. All right. So we're talking today about the relationship between a sport coach and a strength coach and how much say each one should have in what the other does. Um, there's going to be a lot of caveats to this because obviously like at the different levels, like if you're working at a higher level uh, institution, such as like, let's just say like a professional club, you're going to have a lot more say as either the sport coach or the strength coach into what happens in the other's realm. Um, but basically I don't like being told by idiots who don't understand what goes on in the weight room, uh, what I should be doing in the weight room. So that caused me to throw out some stuff on social media, which I thought was really interesting because I probably have, if I'm lucky, like a hundred followers on Instagram. All right. Uh, and I think Garrett has like six fake accounts. So six of them are him, but, uh, most of them are all strength coaches. And so I was really interested to see like what kind of reaction I would get. And, uh, of those people, I got zero reactions to anything. And I think that really speaks to our professional a little bit, Garrett, because I feel like this is one of those topics that no one wants to talk about because they're afraid of the repercussions of what might happen if they say the wrong thing. I have one reply, and that was from Frank. Garrett knows Frank. Um, and we'll get into some of the stuff that he said later. Um, but I don't know, Garrett, What what's your take on, first off, just like, where we are as a profession with this uh, topic. I think we're similar to where it was where we started. We haven't had command of the weight room like a sport coach has command of the practice. Mm -hmm. Where sports coaches still heavily influence the weight room and strength coaches, I'm gonna make a broad statement, don't influence practice. Yeah. A lot of times you can have overuse injuries pop up and um, want to train the sports, the systems, the energy systems correctly and efficiently for the time of year. And no matter what type of education you try to teach the sport coach or try to have just a personal conversation with, they're going to go off and do whatever they want to do. Mm -hmm. Where in the weight room, you kind of... You have to leverage the relationship you have with a sport coach to do what you want to do. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of until we're at that point where we can determine our own fates separate, which I don't know if we are or we aren't, until we're at that point where we're no longer scapegoats for sport coaches to save their careers because of losses or whatever's going on. I think we're still going to be looked as a uh, as an assistant role, and I think that's the bigger question: Should it, is a strength and conditioning coach, head coach, really a head coach, or is he really a first assistant? Yeah, I think I think that's kind of one of the biggest things, in my opinion, is the fact that I think we too often, and I know this is very heavily played upon in strength and conditioning, is like, hey, we're just a backup, right? We're the assistant. We don't we're not in charge of this team. Well, you actually are the head coach for strength and conditioning for said team. 
Like that's just the way it is. Even if you're not labeled as a head strength coach, like you're the one in charge of putting together their workouts. So you should be theoretically the one that has the final say on these topics. Uh, I think Nate Harvey came out with something relatively soon or relatively recently. And it's like stupid things that sport coaches say. Mm -hmm. uh, now Nate can go out and do that because he's out of the field and he's been in the field over 20 years. So he, he gets it. Uh, my, so, and I think even with football or even with the sport where this, in the off season, having that head coach just take a step back and go, hey, you have my team, make sure they're uh, physically, emotionally, and psychologically ready to go for the season. I think that type of relationship's great. I have that relationship with one of my coaches where she's almost say 80% hands off come off season. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of control. I just have to teach her and show her and explain what I want to do, why I want to do it. And she gets it. Yeah. So talking from a sports perspective, Will, what is your take on this whole situation and how the relationship should be handled? And when I was in high school, our strength and conditioning coach was the football coach. So we always were training like the football team. Mm -hmm. For me, I didn't understand that. Like, why are we doing the same thing that the football is doing? When I got into college, my first real experience with it was at Indiana with, with you guys and with, with Tom Morris. Right. And with Tom, you know, Tom's able to do all this sport-specific stuff. Um, Todd Yegley was very hands-off. He was in there, but he let Tom kind of do his own thing. And then, of course, when I've moved schools again um, at Wright State, and our, our head coach is very, very much like you, like you have kind of you've, you've said, um, he's trying to control what our strength coaches are doing, and our strength coaches are not for that. They are, you know, they want to do what's best for us. And so, you know, then you've got those two going back and forth at it. And so, you know, when there was a time mm -hmm. when we're in the weight room, our coaches are trying to tell them what they want them to do. Right. And our strength coaches just totally destroy us because that was their way to, to say to our coaches, Hey, this isn't your show. This is our show. And then now being at, um, being at university of the Cumberlands, we don't have a strength coach, but, um, our graduate assistant coach Torres, he, um, he was a sports, um, mm -hmm. he was a fitness trainer. He, um, he, majored in I'm not sure what his exact major was okay. exercise science but he has a you know he that's what he went to school for so he's getting he's getting that and then he's turning that into a soccer part of it so what we're doing now is we're trying to do stuff in the weight room that's right. mainly sports specific type movement um so my thoughts on it have really I've my eyes have been open to every realm. Um, and so, you know, my views originally were, I think that a strength coach mm -hmm. needs to be a strength coach. I think a sports coach needs to be a sports coach. 
And now I'm starting to, you know, starting to think if the coach knows and has a background on stuff, I think he can be more involved. But I think if a coach doesn't know the whole point of this podcast, if a coach doesn't know what he's doing, I think he needs to be hands off because you guys went to school for this. You guys know what you're doing. So why is somebody Mm -hmm. else coming in and trying to tell us, you know, why are we trying to come in and tell you what you should be doing? I think we should have a say in it. Hey, we'd like our guys to get faster or, Hey, we'd like our guys to get stronger. Mm -hmm. But I think that it's, it's all about relationships and communication. Um, constantly talking about what it is you guys are doing constantly having us talk to you guys about what we want our guys to be and where they're looking. Um, so that, and kind of like Garrett said with, you know, him showing uh, his his coach what he's doing and her being okay with it. I think that's, you know, that's wonderful. So, um, so my eyes have kind of been open and I'm, I'm still, I'm a young coach. I'm only 25. So I haven't been around it probably as long as you two have. So I'm still learning about the best way to go about it. But uh, I mean, I, for me, I trusted what you guys were doing, and I'm still kind of looking at this from a little bit of a player standpoint. I'm trusting mm-hmm. what you guys are doing with me, and I'm trusting that you guys have my best interest in mind. Right. So. And I, I definitely agree with what you said about um, I think whether the sport coach knows how things are done in the weight room or not, I think that they should have enough input to be able to like, hey, I want my guys to be stronger, faster, you know, whatever it is. But I think after that point, especially if they're not educated on what the heck's going on, they don't need any more input into it. Like when you have a sport coach who says, no, I want you to do more cleans. And you say, well, coach, we don't do cleans. We do these other movements that are very similar to a clean. And he's like, well, no, I didn't do that when I was in college. How are they going to be good football players? They're not going to be, or, you know, soccer players, whatever it is. They're not going to be good players if they didn't do what I did when I was in college. Mm-hmm. And I think that is extremely ignorant from a sport coach point of view to do what you did back in, in this case, right? Like the eighties, seventies sort of thing. I also think it's very common for, for a human aspect to think very highly of yourself, whatever level you played at yeah. and whatever you did in the weight room was the reason why you were so good. And that kind that in itself is a compliment to the strength coach that they worked with. Um, I, and I think that comes back down to that relationship and then the individual personality that you have. Uh, and I'm actually battling a little bit. Actually, I'm battling that though, not using Olympic lifts for my team. So my background Olympic lifting, I started out taking youth and junior athletes to Olympic lifting meets and moving them on to nationals went to a weight room, a university that was Olympic lifting based. And from there, I went out to Robert Morse, where under Coach Hammer, where it was very uh, powerlifting based, if you will. Now, to bring it full circle, I first year I was here, I tried to put the two together. The progressions for the level of athletes that I have, the progressions that I would have to use to get them there, it's just, it would take too long. It would be like year two, year two or three if I had consistent athletes that I would put them in. Yeah. Um, can 
I think I can get the same rate of force production through jumps and using med balls. And not only can I teach that extremely efficiently and effectively, the kids like slamming things. They like jumping. They have that instant <laughs> feedback that they're doing something. And to me, not only does that build buy-in, but that increases that self-confidence where majority of the athletes I work with are females at the ages of 18 to 22, where that self-confidence statistically is extremely low. So if I can build their self-confidence in the weight room, not only are they gonna feel better, play better, they also have a better outlook on life. And who knows what they're dealing with between school, personal life. We will never nowadays. know exactly what somebody else, somebody else is dealing with underneath the surface. Yeah. And, and me yelling at them about a clean in the scheme of life because they're doing it wrong or them hurting their elbow and wrist and hating the weight room is it more negative than a positive yeah and i i don't want to get too in depth with like you know cleans versus jumps or whatever i just threw that out there um but i do want to bring in some of frank's viewpoints um so like i said he was the only strength coach to respond at all well actually no garrett you responded as well uh you sent me uh the Oh, what was it like? It was a book that said how to hide that you're crazy. And then down below it said, and how to hide this book. <laughs> so you responded with that. But then Frank was yeah. the only other strength coach who actually gave me any kind of input. And for that, I'm very grateful for him. But mine was a private message. So it was a little different. Well, his was a private message too. He private oh, messaged okay, me. Okay. Yeah, we went on all night actually. Um, I was going to say, I didn't even know I was mess I messaged about that. I just messaged you because I saw the book. Oh, did you? Okay, so that had nothing <laughs> yeah. to do with what I posted. <laughs> um. But so his, his viewpoint on it is uh, that we are not equals as strength coaches to the head coach, um, which, yeah, I don't know. We won't get into that. But his argument for it was basically this old argument of who gets fired when the team doesn't perform well. And to that, my argument back was, uh, you know, you don't see, first off, a head sports coach walking up to an athletic trainer and saying, hey, look, you guys don't do enough, you know, let's say manual massage, um, cupping, taping, whatever, and that's why my guys aren't performing well enough. Not only that, but you will also never see the athletic trainer fired because the team is not performing to their ability. What do you think about that, Will? So, so ask me that question again. Yeah, yeah. So basically the, the thought was, you know, at the end of the day, we're not as high as strength coaches as a sport coach, because the sport coach is who gets fired if the team doesn't perform. But in the same sense, you never see an athletic trainer getting fired because the team doesn't perform to a high regards. And at the same time, you don't see a sport coach going, and a sport coach would never even think in their life to go up and say, hey, athletic trainer, you're not doing your job right. In the sense of like, like you, they, they may wake up, walk up and talk to them if they don't think that that athletic trainer is actually doing their job, but they're not going to say, hey, you don't do enough cupping. That's why we're losing games. But we'll have sport coaches walk up to us and say, hey, we're not doing enough back squats. That's why we're losing. So just address I, that I, first. I, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think, you know, um, we are so, as, as sport coaches, we're, we're looking at, at our athletes and we, we want the best, you know, we want our athletes to play. We want them to be healthy and we, we, want, we want them to be able to do, perform. And so yep. when they're not performing, it's not that we're looking at the strength coaches and saying it's your fault that they're not doing what they're supposed to. 
we're looking more at the athletic, like just the relationship size. We're more demanding on the athletic trainers to say, hey, we want our athletes to, you know, why are they not playing? What's wrong with them injury wise? What's wrong with what's wrong with them here? Are they not? Mm-hmm. What are they doing in the training room? What are they doing for recovery to get them back on the field? Now, then in the weight room, it, it, there's there's none of that. It's not okay. Why are they not doing this? Why are they not doing this? Because you know, either one, sport coaches aren't there all the time. If there's a strength coach. I, I can't remember, uh, you know, an instance when, you know, our head coaches were there 100% of the time in the weight room of what we were doing. So then for for us to be, you know, for as sport coaches to say, hey, why is our athlete not performing, you know, because we, we don't have anything to go off of. Right. So, um and I, I think that as, as sport coaches, we're kind of ignorant to um, to think that what we're doing in the weight room is is not related to um, to how they're performing on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I, you know, I, I agree. You know, with with what you said earlier about how you know, sport coaches um, or strength coaches and athletic trainers are more assistant coaches to the sport team. Um, it's not, you know, they, they don't have a direct result in, in anything that's on the field. It's all the sport coach getting fired and it's, and it's on them. Yeah. Um, and you just brought up a good point too about, uh, oh man, why did I just forget it? Like it literally just slid out of my mind there. Oh, about sport coaches, not, uh, not spending a lot of time in the weight room. And I think that's kind of, uh, uh, what's it? What's it called when you have like a good and a bad thing going on at the same time? A catch twenty two. Is that is that what is that how you use that phrase correctly? I think so. But I think it's a catch twenty two because in a way, it's obviously bad. I think one for the team and for the sport coach because they may not a hundred percent understand what's going on on a day to day basis in there. But at the same time, it's good because I think, and you can speak to this obviously, but from a player's perspective, it's sometimes good to get away from your head coach and be able to hear somebody else's voice telling you the same thing that he's telling you. Is that yeah, true? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's nice to be able to go into, to the, to the weight room. Um, you know, whether we were at, whether I was at Indiana, whether I was at right, I was at Wright state, you know, to be able to go in and, and talk to, talk to you guys, talk to Tom at Wright state, talk to, um, you know, Cole or, or Bradford and, and because it's, you know, it's something fresh. It's something new. Um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's nice to know that your, your coach is actually in there and they're watching what you're doing and they're just sitting back. Um, because then that's a time where I think as a player and a coach, that relationship can grow because you guys can just kind of joke around and talk. It's more yeah. of a relaxed atmosphere. It's not coaches watching me. So I have to do this, you know, ugh, um, if that's the best <laughs> example that I can give, um, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, for me, I, I had, I also had a great relationship with our, with our strength coaches. Obviously I had a great relationship with you. I had a great relationship with Ryan and then Tom and then, you know, Cole and Bradford at Wright State. I had a great relationship with those guys. So it was nice to be able to go into the weight room and just, you know, whether I was just going in and sitting and having a chat or going in and working out because of the relationship part the relationship aspect as, as a player to, 
strength coach. Yeah, and you know you have a good relationship with an athlete when uh, J. Cole's new album drops and the song Wet Dreams is on it, and that athlete messages you right away, sends you a text message, says, this explains my entire high school life. <laughs> do you remember that? I do remember that. <laughs> I, I was in, oh, I can't remember that name of that Mexican restaurant that's in Bloomington right off. Uh, yeah, we went there one night. Yeah. yeah. I was in that going away party. That's when I listened to it, and I, that's exactly when I messaged it to message. Yeah. I, I actually remember that exact date and time. So that is hilarious, man. That's, that's what I think of that every time uh, I listen to J. Cole's "Wet Dreams," which is not too often, but um, but yeah, whenever it does, that's the first moving. thought always comes in my head. Man, I I don't know, you know, me and my my country music. I haven't listened to to that song probably since my time in Indiana. Jeez, man, your mind's being poisoned. You know what? I'll stick with my country music, and <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll be all right. But I, you know, I might, I might have to uh, once we're done with this podcast, give that another listen. You so, might need to. Um, that's so. Go ahead, Garrett. Do you? Uh, did, are you caught up now with how things are going? Yes. Did you? Do you remember the question that I posed? Because I want to get your opinion on it. So what's your take on that? I think that comes back to what I I was already previously taught, referenced with until there's a day where the strength coach isn't the scapegoat for the sport coach, we're always going to be viewed as an assistant. Okay. Um, another good point that uh, Frank brought up, and I agree with 100%, is that what we're talking about right now is an Americanized version of the way things work. Because what we know from, and it might not even be Americanized as much as it is like an elite performance, uh, like elite level type athletes, because from what we know of what we're told, at least, like what we're actually able to read about what goes on behind doors, like big places like, you know, I'm going to throw this out like a Liverpool, uh, Real Madrid, stuff like that, right? Those coaches have say in what happens in practices, the strength coaches, right? Um, the stri- or the sport coaches obviously are going to have say on what's going on in the weight room, but then also at the same time, those strength coaches, the whole staff is getting fired if the head coach gets fired, typically. So I think it's a little and different. I think there and at your higher levels, there's more respect, there's more professional respect for each other, where. From my experience at the lower levels, they're really, it's just not there. Yeah, there's a, the there's a level, strong every, divide. I wouldn't say, yes, it's, it's, be, there's not a disrespect, it's just not a lot of communication and talking going on. Yeah, and that's better than what, better, better than what I, was, I was saying. Oh, okay. It's not, they're maybe disrespectful, it's somebody thinks they know more than somebody else because they've been there longer. Where you're at that higher level, even in college, you're at that higher level in college, there's a high likelihood that if that sport coach gets fired, the entire staff's getting fired. Yep. And that forces everyone to work together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially once you get to that higher level, everyone realizes we're in this together and it's treated more like a business than it is sport. And in a, a business for it to be effective, there has to be that mutual respect and that mutual relationship that we're all are in the same boat, we're all rowing the same way, and we're all looking to make money. Yeah. 
And that goes for the athletes, that goes for the coaches, that goes for uh, the people, the owners and other administrators. They're all looking to make money. Yeah. Uh, another one of my arguments. Yeah, go ahead, Will. If, if I can kind of say to Garrett as well, you know, I, I agree with that, you know, with what he's saying about the respect and everything. And part of it as well is with, um, you know, especially for soccer, I, I don't know how much it is for, you know, other professional leagues, but for soccer, the manager is hiring his strength and conditioning coach. Mm-hmm. So he's, he has that freedom to go and choose what he wants out of a strength and conditioning coach. So he can pick and, you know, if he trusts somebody fully, he, that's who he's going to pick. And so that's why, you know, I, I agree with what you're saying, Garrett, about the higher levels. It's that trust and respect because the manager picked who he wants to be his strength coach. So if he doesn't like it, you know, that's on him. It's not on the strength coach with what they're doing. Um, right. And then, you know, even even at the higher levels, you know, my higher level, you know, I, I think of Indiana, you know, with the guys that work there, I know with Tom and with Will, you know, those guys know what they're doing and, and they have, they demand that certain level of respect. And I think it's also on the head coaches, you know, on, on their onus is, you know, I think onus is the right word. I don't know. But, um, you know, for them, their egos as well. Um, you know, they don't have as much of an ego as maybe some of these lower tiered coaches, lower leveled coaches, um, where they think that they know better. And, and that's like what, um, I think Garrett, you said earlier, or, or Lance, you said earlier about a coach coming in and saying what they did in high school or what they did in college was working for them. So why are they not doing that now? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, th- I think that's, it's like you said, with a little level of respect and also, you know, their egos kind of get in the way as well with, with what they're doing. So I guess I'm going to take this in a different direction now. From a sport, sport, sport. from a sport coach's perspective, Will, how should we address and create a dialogue and be able to walk up and talk to a sport coach and explain to them, you know, like, hey, we should be doing this instead of this, or like, so like one of Frank's other arguments was that we need to, I don't want to say buy in, but we need to, um, I guess, immerse ourselves more in the sport culture, right? So like, let's say we're working with a soccer team, we need to be like all about soccer, understand everything about soccer, and I do think there needs to be some of that, but at the same time, I think there needs to be a give and take to where the sport coach also needs to learn some stuff too and understand some stuff about how the culture works and stuff like that. So how do we as strength coaches come up to you guys and start this dialogue to help break down this odd boundary that we have in between one another? And that's a hard question. I know. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about it, um, you know, in, in a couple different ways and, and, you know, first reaction is, um, each other being there. And, you know, I, I say that, but I also have to understand that your guys' time, you guys are dealing with 11, 12, however many sports there are, whether right. it's just just you guys or if you guys have assistance, you guys are dealing with a multitude of sports. So you can't get out to every single practice and see what what's going on and how things are being done to, to better, you know, plan or utilize their time in the weight room. And then also, um, you know, we, we've been having this conversation as a staff currently 
um, about teaching our guys why they are doing a certain lift or a certain movement, um, why it is beneficial for them in the weight room, what it tra- how it translates onto the field. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's kind of the biggest thing um, with it is, um, you know, getting, getting these guys, uh, and I think a lot of it's on the athlete as well, getting their minds away from the old school of or the societal trend of I'm getting bigger, I'm getting stronger, I'm looking good for the ladies, um, you know, for, for all the fall sports, you know, for spring break, I've, I've got to get the spring break bod. I think that's a lot of what, what their thought is, you know, in the weight room is what they're trying to do. And I think it's getting them to shift their mindset to the, I'm doing this lift because it will make me stronger on the field. If that's what I'm going for, it will make me faster on the field. If that's what I'm going for, it will make my movement, you know, if I'm going, if I'm, you know, just talking about a soccer action, I'm jumping and then I'm twisting and turning for a sprint real quick. If those type of movements, if that's what I'm going for um, in the weight room. So I think getting, you know, just kind of having a meeting with the athlete and with the athletes and with the strength coach and you almost, you almost have to dumb it down and say, this is why we're doing this. This is why we're doing this. And this is why we're doing this because you know, you guys, you guys went to school for it. You guys understand why you guys are doing it, but they might not necessarily understand why it is they're doing the lift. They're just, okay, I've got to do this lift because he's telling me to, and it'll make me better. You know, it'll, it'll make things better. Um, and so, you know, like I said, with, with those are the conversations we are having as a staff right now. And one of the, you know, we just had a meeting with our guys the other day, and, and I think the best way to put it is we are taking 21st century technology with whatever is going on in the weight room, and we are applying it to our sport, specifically our sport. And soccer is different, of course, than baseball and football because I think baseball and football, you can do more of the standard lifts. Um, and, and I think that's also, you know, I have to, I can – Sadly, I'm speaking for one sport um, only, and I'm yeah. I, I'm trying not to speak for the whole sport in general. But you know, I think we feel a little left behind um, in in the strength strength and conditioning community because you know it's our our movements are so much different than what a football player and what a baseball player is. So I think that's that's also as well, um, you know. That's that's a little different with with where the co- where you know as a soccer coach what they're coming from is they see they see in the weight room us doing a bench press or they see in the weight room us doing a clean and they might necessarily not think that you know, that's what they need for their sport. Right. So so I think teaching and learn and and getting the, those guys to learn why why they're doing a bench press, why these guys are doing a hand clean why they're doing these types of movements and lifts is, is beneficial for their sport. Yeah. So, uh, I definitely don't want this to get into like a, a heated argument at Mm -hmm. all, but I do want to like make this a legit discussion. Mm -hmm. And I saw Garrett's eyes not rolling, (laughs) but 
he started pondering when you started talking about how um, a soccer player needs things different than a football player because of the movements that happen on the field. So Garrett, go. You're unleashed, I'm, man. I'm I'm all about learning because I I do I want to I want to learn. I, I mean, I always as an af, as an athlete, I was I wanted to soak up as much information as I could about oh, yeah. why you know how 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 the same thing can translate into you know doing the same thing for like I just said how doing those types of lifts all translate into the different sport. So yeah. I'm not trying to call you me. out. No, at all. no, no. Have at me. Cause, yeah, I, yeah. Cause you know, this is, this is how I learn and this is how I can get better. And like I just said, this is how then I can translate to that to my athletes and how I can yeah. get better as you know, with our relationship. Have so now me, before Garrett. Garrett responds, before Garrett responds, listeners know that Will is currently smiling. So everything's good. Go Garrett. You're, you're unleashed, man. You're a pit bull. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and maybe this is the divide between sport coaches and strength and conditioning where the first step is viewing it as I coach a soccer team. How is bench pressing Olympic and doing Olympic lifts and say even squatting? That's what the football team does. Why does that relate to my guys? And how's the weight room relate? Because stereotypically soccer coaches you you don't see your athletes in the in, during the season. Generally, stereotypically, your old your your traditional soccer coach will pull them guys during the season. Which I I want to talk about later, but we're gonna segue into it. So keep going. Yeah, well, uh, laying the foundation for it. I don't believe in sports specificity training with the with the exception of accessory movements to bring up lagging muscles and or to stretch muscles that are overused and tight. So generally that's placed either at the beginning of my program within the, in the warm up, or that's placed at the end of the program with accessory work. To for football and soccer, they are different sports. They do have different energy demands. At the end of the day, I view it as a repetitive max effort sport that involves a lot of change of direction. While soccer is more free play, football is more set play. At the end of the day, they're both uh, random acts of motion occur. I think it's the best way I can put that. If we can come up with a better mo- word for saying. To me then, um, what, what you mean by random acts of motion? Uh, the human condition, sports. What occurs during the game is what's going to occur just throughout the human condition, being that what exactly is drawn up on the uh, board isn't what's going to occur on the field because of because it's sport. Uh, I'm not really sure how else to say that if we come up with a different term. Is your patent that term, man? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think another word would be multiple changes direction or multiple planar movements. What, I, however, you want to say, is super sciencey. There's, I'm sure there's more people smarter than me that will basically make fun of me and change that term around. But whatever. It's moving forward. At the end of the day, it's a run sport. They're both run sports with multiple with with quick changes of direction. Yeah. The same injuries occur in football as they do in soccer with ACLs, ankles, hips, 
Football is going to have a higher rate of shoulder and concussions, stereotypically more than soccer. Uh, women's soccer is right there within the, it's right there with football. So led to neglect as far as neck training. I know that's a debate. Um, it's still there. I still view them relatively as the same sport where I have to leverage the relationship I have with a sport coach and figure out what they're, where they going to buy. If I talk in general terms, nine times out of 10, the sports coach isn't going to buy it. But if all of a sudden I make it sports specific, then, okay, the sports coach is in. And I think that's where us as strength coaches have to be a, a salesman. You have to know your product. Okay, mm-hmm. here's the soccer coach. I have to say, I'm going to be doing a similar program as far as the movements go as the football team. But I have to be know how to spin it so they don't feel like they're doing a football program. Yeah. And that's where it's tough because the soccer coach can come in during a football lift and see the same movements done and vice versa and then wonder why they're doing it. Yep. And that's where it gets tricky. Cause I agree 100% with you, Garrett. Uh, I have, like, we're of the same mind right now. Like, I approach training in the exact same way. Um, and I think that, and maybe Will can talk about it. I think that sport specificity is this sexy thing. And I think a lot of people have talked about it, right? It's like this sexy word that's just like, oh yeah, man, we're doing sport specific movements today. When really the only thing that's sport specific are your injuries sometimes, right? Uh, and then also the energy systems. And even that, I guarantee you, you could take any sport Compare them to another sport, and you'll find almost the identical energy system used. Like, you'll find two sports that have the same energy system. It's just always going to be that way. So is your sport really special? Do you really need specific stuff? I don't know. The only kind of sport specificity stuff that I personally do in my training uh, is for my conditioning and then, like, for my prehab type stuff. Um, So I agree with that. Uh, I think you did a great job explaining it. I don't know. Will, what, what what were your takes from all that? I, I agree, and, and that's what you know. That's like like you just said, Garrett. That's that's I think where the um, where as co- where the gap is between the the sport coach and the strength coach. That's that's where it is. Um, you know, is us not you know understanding exactly why everything is going on and why we're doing what we're doing. And and I think you're right about the sports sports specific um, you know terminology um, with with and, you know. It's kind of the trend right now, um, the trendy word. Um, so, and and that's and that's exactly why you know why I, I was saying earlier. I, I'm a young coach. I'm still learning, and I'm trying to figure out. You know, looking at this the old way, and then looking at it the new way as well, and how to how to figure out for me for me where the balance is um, of you know, like you said, the sports specific, and then the um, the old way and the new way, I guess, and trying to trying to, you know, the old school of thought and the new school of thought. How to combine mm-hmm. that and find that middle ground so that because you guys want the best for our athletes, we want the best for our athletes. So how to find the best way for our athletes to understand and for everybody to have a, a good relationship. So I want to touch on three more points, boys, before we wrap this the session up. First one being. 
one of my arguments to Frank was, um, and he he wasn't a big fan of it, but um, it was the idea of the fact that the reason a sport coach could potentially feel like they have some kind of say in the weight room is because they look at it as a simple, oh, all you do is put weight on the bar. How hard is that? Like they don't see the science behind it. Whereas they won't go, and going back to like my example with the athletic trainer, they're not going to go to an athletic trainer because it's kind of more medicine-y, right? It has this this closer relationship with like being a doctor to where I could see it being, and I don't know if this is right or not, so that's why we got Will on here, hopefully. Uh, but see it being like, wow, that's above my head. Whereas like the weight room stuff is like, well, shit, I go and I lift all the time. How hard is it? You just do some bench press, do some back squat, piece of cake. Thoughts? Anybody. <laughs> Back into what you were saying earlier where the sport coach goes, well, this is what I did when I was playing. It makes me great. Let's just go and keep stay with the blueprint and why fix something that's not broken. Yeah. They're better. <laughs> well, that was a fast one then. Okay. The, the next point I want to touch on is where does the uh, athletic department administration come in with all this? So let's say we get into this debate of we have a sport coach who doesn't necessarily like what the strength coach is doing, right? But the strength coach is saying, hey, I'm certified. I've been doing this for years. I'm sticking to my guns. How should administration handle that in the sense of should they be trying to be more pro strength coach in this situation, or should they be saying, no, the sport coach has a hundred percent end all be all say. Trader on the, the podcast to answer that question better. Okay. Yeah. Maybe in, we'll do a part two of this. Yeah. Do a part two in that situation. The administrator is the person of, of, the higher in the chain, it's, it's higher in the command chain. So their job is to figure out what's going on and ultimately what they, who they determine is right is right. Whether the person, each side is gonna think they're right no matter what. But they're, they're, they're there to determine and settle that argument in the best way possible. So I would think they're gonna to wanna to try to take as much neutral ground as possible because right. theoretically both people both parties are going to be there for a while yeah and does he side with the sport coach does he side with the strength coach realistically most again generals generalizing most administrators don't necessarily have a coaching background or a strength and conditioning background they have a background in athletic administration. While some were athletes, some may have even been assistant coaches. Most of them are coming out with the outside view looking in. And maybe the bigger term is, what qualifications do athletic administrators have to weigh in such an argument? Oh, I see where you're going with this, Garrett. You're getting deep, man. I don't, the way that question is, it's too, the knee jerk reaction would be for one side or the other, but it's at the end of the day, 
coach sport coaches are scrutinized for their wins and losses mm-hmm. and recently is their education yeah uh, more sport coaches are getting master's degrees where extra where the strength coaches has have got had have had to have master's degrees for a lot longer to be hired yeah. and athletic trainers need to have a master's degree as well uh, especially in today. So what qualifications do sports administrators have? What background do they have in sports? I think it's a better question. And I think somewhere in there is the answer. Yeah, and I, and I agree uh, because realistically, especially if we look at the generalization of like what kind of background that these administrators have, right? What they're going to do with their background is they're just going to try to play the uh like the olive branch basically you know try to appease both sides come to some kind of like nice middle ground where everyone can get along with one another uh and i think it's interesting that you pose that maybe we should look at a different way of how these people should be not necessarily hired but like what their qualifications should be so i think that's interesting you know i he you know Garrett Garrett kind of you know he hit the nail on the head with it um there's there's no you know I, I think being able to talk to an administrator would be a great you know it's just another insight of it um, yeah it would be a great great follow-up to to this because you know, like he said my knee my knee-jerk reaction is look at the the body of work that each has put in um that's that's I'm, I'm using his term, um, but you know that that's that's where my initial thought was: is look at you know, look at what yeah. each has done, look at you know how the, their success with what they've done throughout the you know throughout their respective field of work, mm-hmm. um, and so so I think you know, it, I think it all goes back to what I said originally: is relationships. Um, I I think if you know you're actually looking at it from from a strength coach or from a, a sport coach, what the administrator is going to do, I think they're going to look at the relationship wise and try to play that olive branch. But whoever has a better relationship is kind of going to almost win out on the day. Yeah. Um, and you know, sadly, I honest, my firm beliefs is it's going to, it's going to push more towards the sport coach side because yeah. those are the ones who, you know that's why the administration's there that's you know that's why everything's there so yeah. un- unfortunately that's you know that's how i feel about it but uh, you know garrett garrett said it best I, th- I think you need to look at the administrator side and what 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 they know about the subject what they know about sports what they know about strength and then um you know, as, you know like you said with qualifications athletic trainers you know, they they have to they've had to have a master's degree for mm-hmm quite a while you guys have you know, all the ones that i've talked to the, the strength coaches you guys are all having masters and now um now soccer coaches assistant coaches coaches are now more and more having to have a master's degree um i will say we don't need necessarily a master's degree in what we are coaching um so that is kind of the downside with it um but i think more if you can get more co- more sport coaches 
to have maybe a master's degree in a business field, maybe in a um, an exercise science, sports science type field. I think then you can start bridging the gap between everything and um, you know, everything can kind of come full circle um, yeah. as far as sports coaches, strength coaches, athletic trainers, and administrations. I think then you can start bridging the gap instead of, unfortunately, me being a graduate assistant uh, right now going for my master's. I'm actually in a health and human performance master's, but I have people who, um, not to dog on them, they're in a religion studies master's and they want to be a coach. So it's not that they're not interested in that. It's just that that's, that's what they're, that's what they're going for. So, um, you know, I I think if, as as far as qualifications, if sport coaches can start learning more about their sport and what they're doing, then I I think it helps. And I I think then you don't have the, the disconnect and I don't think you have to have the administration come in. Well, I'll let you in on a little secret here, Will. You guys are not the only ones who don't actually need a master's to coach what the hell you're doing. We just have to have a master's to even get a look at on our freaking resumes. It's a pain in the ass. Uh, but uh, interesting. So now I think I would be amiss if I did not try and tackle this topic that has nothing to do with what we've been talking. But I have a soccer coach and an ex-soccer player on, so I got to talk about it. Why don't soccer people like working out? Why don't they like coming in and hitting the gym, man? What is, what's up with that stereotype with soccer teams being like, oh, we're in season, we ain't touching nothing. We're touching our boots and balls, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, you liked that, didn't you, Garrett? Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> position did you play? Yeah, I played ice hockey and rugby. Yeah, you can tell. I just thought it was a funny joke. <laughs> well, there we go. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you know for for me you know okay i was a goalkeeper so yeah. i i i thought i it was necessary for me to hit the weight room because i was especially for me you know lance you saw how my body was built i was all legs and i had no chest yeah and so i needed to you know i needed to be in the weight room um, but I think for soccer players, I think what it is is they want to be. It's it goes back to the the knowledge base of it. They think that they need to be agile and fast and strong, and um, you know it's not necessarily you know being in the weight room is is seen for them as you know a football player's in the weight room. They're trying yeah. to put on the pounds. They're trying to be as as big and as strong as they are a baseball player like they're looking at a baseball player and they're looking at a football player and thinking they're in the weight room because you know they are the way they are because they're in the weight room. I think a soccer player thinks I just need to, and it's, I'm going to say this because it's very different from an American style soccer player and a European style soccer player or a South American is because they are always touching the ball. And mm-hmm. I, then this goes back to the soccer part of it. Um, you know, just the American style of thinking that a player needs to be the biggest, fastest, strongest, most, most athletic player out there where you look at all these European style players, you know, Andres Iniesta, you know, um, 
why can't I think of his name? Luka Modric, um, you know, yeah. Messi, that they are always touching the ball and they're playing and they're playing. And so that might be, I think, where it is, is they would rather go out and touch a ball and play because that's how they're going to be a best, the best soccer player compared to yeah. being, you know, I think they see the weight room. Why do they need to be in the weight room when it has nothing to do with, with their sport? So um, they all want to be like Ronaldo and have the chiseled abs. Um, yeah. Can't all be like that, unfortunately. So no. I think that's also kind of where it is, is that they're looking at it in the st- in the sense of um, they'd rather go touch a ball and play, and that's how they're going to get better. Yeah. So. And I'm going to be honest with you, too. I don't think Messi would necessarily be a better, or even like a Ronaldo would be a better player if they could squat 500 pounds. I mean, they might be, but who will never know. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I and, but I think like if you look at if you look at the two and look at their their type of body shape, um, you know, R- Ronaldo has has done a lot more. I think in the gym to get to where he is. Yeah. I think Messi, you know, not saying that he isn't in the gym, because I think then this is another. This is something else. Okay, I think he's a god. You also to say, have he's to, a god. It's okay. Yeah, but I think you also have to get an athletic trainer in here, and say and look at it in the in the sense of these guys are in the gym because they're it's an injury prevention. Yeah. So I think that's that you can do another follow up with this is with an athletic trainer, because these guys it's not that they're not in the gym, they are in the gym because you know it's it's an injury prevention type type way, so, um, it's maybe just tailored a little differently. Yeah. I actually had, uh, talking about Messi and Ronaldo, I had uh, Ryan on a podcast, uh, one of the earlier episodes, and I and he told me he would never get on a podcast unless we talked about uh, Messi and Ronaldo. So that was the very first thing we talked about. Uh, and it was funny because like, for a whole summer, he was just talking about Ronaldo, 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 and he'd always send me all these texts and everything. But then I would actually send him stats of how Messi was better, and he's no, nah, that doesn't count. None of that's real. Those are all... He's like, look at the look at like the big games. That's, that's where Ronaldo's better. I'm like, but... But Messi's better overall. He's like, no, 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 no. Ronaldo's better. Who do you think's better? I think the better soccer player is Messi. I think the better goal scorer and the the better the I think Ronaldo is has more attention and he and he draws more, so he's able yeah. to help his teammates that way. But I think the better if you just look at it purely soccer, I think it's Messi overall body of work and and what he does for the team. Yep. See, I would argue that Messi's a better soccer player, Ronaldo's a better goal scorer, and maybe a better athlete. Like he just seems more athletic than Messi. Yeah. But I agree 100. <laughs> percent We got to. I got to text Ryan after we're done with this for sure and let him know. Uh, he's, he's so guys, number. yeah, right. Uh, you guys have any uh, closing thoughts before we wrap this up? I was going to say, uh, just before we get into that, I was going to piggyback off of soccer. Yeah. And, and another sport that's similar to soccer as far as not really wanting to train, especially in season, would be basketball. And I think Will hit the, hit, said exactly. It's why are we training in season when we're going to get better by playing? And I think it's it's really coaching and and educating the movement quality because in season you're going to want to 
you're going to, you're, you want the numbers to continually go up. You continually increase strength. The way you go about it as a strength coach will change based on where you're at and your philosophies. The one thing that's missed though, weightlifting is essentially stretching depending on what you're doing. You're, move, you're moving the muscles in a different way than what you stereotypically do and that mitigates the risk of overuse injuries. Uh, well, Especially just know, in, in, run sport, in sports and run sports. Well, just know that this is coming from a yoga instructor, so. <laughs> hey, I got my last girlfriend from yoga. There you go, man. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Will? Got any closing thoughts? Anything you want to part on the listeners? wisdom here that I can impart um but no no I, I I agree with you know with what Garrett said because you know for, for me I I I got to play I, I redshirted I played till I was 23 so with you know with what Garrett's saying about um you know about the stretching about like like I just said with the injury prevention um that's that's a great way and, and you know with being a yoga instructor I think if if that can continue to grow the yoga part, the, the stretching, the, just the overall work on your muscles. I think, I think if that can continue to grow with, within the, you know, I'm not saying, okay, you guys have to do this, but I think if, if coaches can start varying the ways that, that they get their players to do things, if, if things can start changing that way that coaches strength coaches, sport coaches can start seeing the benefits of all that. I think it can only help their athletes to, you know, to last throughout the season, throughout their sport career. Um, and just overall, you know, continue to go further. And, and that's what we're, you know, that's what it's all about. It's the athlete and keeping them healthy and being able to, to do and, and reach the highest level they can. Yeah. Uh, if I had to give a closer, my closer would be to strength and conditioning coaches. Don't feel like you have to play the role of strength coach that is given to us by society in the sense of where we're playing second fiddle to the sport coach. Be man or woman enough to uh, to push a little bit. And I think... One thing that we're missing in society nowadays is confrontation. I personally used to hate confrontation. Now I love it. I do all kinds of things just to try to make things awkward so that way people feel uncomfortable because that's how we grow when we, when we get uncomfortable, right? Now, obviously, I don't do anything that's, like, stupid or illegal. But, uh, like, I don't have a problem walking up to somebody and telling them face-to-face, like, hey, I have a problem with the way this is working out. And I think too often we just try to, like, you know, bottle things in and, and uh, not address them verbally like we're – built to do as humans like that's what separates us from a lot of different animals is that we can actually formulate complex thoughts so that that'd be my closing thought i think also will what part of kansas are you from again are you from missouri I'm from uh, I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. So I'm from the Kansas City. I'm from the Missouri side of Kansas City. Oh my God! Are you kidding me? Shit. And there, you know, just just. No, um, I appreciate it. Yeah. I'm, I'm leaving it in too. I'm not cutting that out. 
No, because we. I think we. And this is this is part of what how you're just closing remark. I think you always, even when I was at Indiana, you always said I was from Kansas, and I just yeah. kind of went with it because I always said I was from Kansas City, and I'm forty minutes, thirty minutes from the state line, so I would just always kind of let it, you know, let it wow. go where I didn't want the confrontation. So um, wow, man. So now I'm finally addressing it, and I'm taking your your advice. Um, but <laughs> talk but about yeah. a segue. Yeah. Right. Uh. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm from the, um, I'm from just, I'm from just, uh, just South of Kansas city from, uh, from Lee summit actually. So, Man. um, well, there went my, there went the thing I was going to close with, like just pff, gone. Cause I was going to, so, uh, there's a bunch of, uh, guys that I know that are out duck hunting in Kansas right now. And they're talking about just like how there's just like a crap ton of ducks out there. And so I was going to ask you about it, but apparently you're not from Kansas. So screw you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'll take that one. But but no, like the very first thing I thought of when they said Kansas, like, oh, Will's from Kansas. <laughs> you know, Kansas City, Kansas. You know, everybody thinks it's it's one of the same. It basically is the same. Why name? Yeah, but you're on the other side, so yeah, so it's that's okay. But that's but yeah. cool. No big deal. Yeah, no yeah, harm, no, for, no harm, no foul. Yeah, for whatever reason, I just always thought Kansas, man. Huh. Whatever. Uh, well, guys, it was definitely a lot of fun. I think. Uh, we got some little nuggets in here, here and there. Uh, so thank you guys for taking the time to be on. Only took an hour, so not a bad deal. Yeah. Pleasure.